Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. gentlemen i here i am here i am how do you do <laughs> never live ah, we are live welcome back ladies and gentlemen i am your host blake Rafino. this is are you serious sports we hope that you guys are making it a good one we know that we are as well lsu post game as the lsu tigers continue to roll uh over this weekend um tigers absolutely dominant uh, this weekend in this little tournament that they've had with Central Connecticut and Butler as they absolutely dominate. I mean, look, we could ultimately uh, go down the list of all the accomplishments and achievements that this team has had over the, their last four games. But nevertheless, they go to 11-1 and one with some absolutely dominating pitching. Ty Floyd getting the start this past Saturday along with Paul Skeens continuing to get accolades in reference to how good he has been on the mound as we are inching ever so close to SEC play. And the Tigers win tonight 11-0. That's not the only big news that we had. LSU had a massive recruiting weekend that we will touch upon uh, as well as they got two commitments, one from Collage uh, Cobbins and Ahmad Bro, in which if you've been following this following us on Twitter or Facebook, you knew or know how high I've been on Ahmad Bro. Last Monday on the AYS message board, I specifically talked about him in pretty great detail, giving you a little bit of a hint uh, of some things that I've been hearing. So if you're not subscribed to the AYS message board, you're absolutely missing out as we kind of went in a little bit of detail to him. But nevertheless, two commits uh, from LSU in the 2024 class that we will touch on. Something that I want to touch on pretty early in the show, too, is Derek Carr going to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, a lot of people going back and forth on this, a lot of uh, Saints beat writers um, loving the move. 
Uh, but nevertheless, you know, like saying that they're trying to win now. Th- look, I-, I don't really mean this in a wrong way. Um, making that move is not winning now. He's the best quarterback on the board right now, and you go and get him. I'm not a, I am not am not a Derek Carr hater. I think he's a good quarterback. But there is one quarterback that he is a very strong comp to that's in the NFL right now that I think that everybody uh, needs to look out for. And this comp that I'm going to give you, I think is absolutely just wild once you put it together as they have a lot of the same things. Um, I, I don't want to say a lot of the same similarities, but it's it's really glaring how just ca- comparable these two quarterbacks are. One of them, you, you're not going to like but nevertheless, they're very comparable. Uh, LSU women's basketball loses in the tourney. Looks like they will be a two seed. Um, nevertheless, look, they're still ahead of ahead of schedule. They're still doing some good things. I, I see some people freaking out about it a little bit. We'll tell you here why tonight. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. Look, they lost. It's okay. You go into the tourney. Let's dominate there and get to the final four. That is what uh, I am looking forward to. And... Uh, to top it all off, I, I, I am going to start with this uh, as Rob Boudreaux puts it in here uh, inside the AYS chat. The Rudy Crew chat says, we talking about how bad Booty looked. I guess that's Jane Daniels' fault. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, we'll, we'll talk on that right out of the break. Right out of the break. Uh, Rob Boudreaux also says, the little man caught him some fish. Yeah, we caught a dozen catfish this past weekend me my dad and my son benjamin uh if you haven't seen the video just go to our twitter it's it, it's amazing um he, he he loved it man and i will tell you this uh as a father for the last three and a half or three and a half plus i guess years because ben's about to turn four i do not know or nor can i remember a uh, more proud moment in my life. Like, I, I look, I, I've been a part of great achievements business-wise, been a part of great achievements uh, 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 per- personally, done a lot of things in my, in my short 32 years. I will tell you this, I, I do not or have not had a prouder moment in my life. And I mean that wholeheartedly wholeheartedly so it was absolutely amazing my little man caught seven of the catfish uh daddy had to catch one because <laughs> just daddy the thing's way too big <laughs> but he had a lot of fun a lot of fun so yeah thank you rob for bringing that up uh scott says that florida hat though what florida hat fl hat oh you talking about the first Scott, you're talking about my first light hat? Yeah. That's our dudes. Yeah, if you're a hunter or fisherman, um, go over to First Light. Our good partners over there. I I mean, guys, I get all of my gear from there. Like, all of my gear. All of my gear from First Light. Uh, I think I I got some, that rain jacket, uh, rain jacket they sent or something like that. Um, So, First Light's been fantastic. Been absolutely fantastic. Shout out to our good friend, John Paul Bourgeois. Uh, Rob Boudreaux says, it's an amazing thing to watch your kids do anything. It is, man. I, I just, I hope I don't freak out when uh, 
he starts playing t-ball. Now the big thing is I took him to a Southeastern baseball game, and we're going to a LSU game here in the next couple of weeks. And um, he now it's all about t-ball, baby. But he, he his age, he misses the cutoff, so we'll get him in there next year. Uh, but he hasn't been playing soccer and loves it. He was doing it last night, and dude's just – Dude, just high, so highly competitive. I, I had no idea where he gets that from. <laughs> uh, Andrew Paulson Martin says 62 to 6 over the weekend. That's more of like a football beatdown. I agree with that. I agree with that. Clay Phillips, our traditional Vandy fan, is in the house. He says, Hey, Blake, what's going on, Clay? Uh, Blaine Smith says, What are you hearing about the recruiting weekend? Went well, Blaine, why don't you subscribe to the AYS message board? <laughs> don't all, you know, come on, man. Come on, man. All right, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups. Share to all of your social media pages. Wherever you're listening to us live right now, Facebook, YouTube, do us a favor. Hit that like button. Hit the share. It helps us with that algorithm. So share to Twitter. I mean, guys, it, it takes you two seconds, man. Help a brother out. I know you got Twitter. I know you got Facebook. So do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Uh, also, if you're listening to us, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe as well, we greatly appreciate you doing that. All right, let's do this. Let's get to our first really quick break, and let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag and our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons. We've got a lot of LSU stuff to talk about. We talk about that a lot to start off the show. Let's get to it. Let's talk about our good friends. Be back in a minute. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo & Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you. And then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Floyd Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell me, good friend, Blake Rafino, sit you on by. Rob Boudreaux says, oh, I forgot to hit it. My bad, guys. We're back. Uh, Rob Boudreaux says, Blake, is there any way we can get Benny Latino back on? I loved him last year when he was in spaces all the time. Yeah, we could do that. We could definitely get Benny back on. Um what was I gonna say? Uh B Benny's in his his busy season. He's a baseball man. He's a baseball man, so uh, you got to love it. Uh, Ryan Gidry says, let's go. Yes, sir. Let's do that thing. We won't waste any time. I know it's it's almost, it, well, it is 9 o'clock, so let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Let's get this thing rolling, y'all. 
All right, so we I'm going to wait for the Derek Carr thing, even though I think I have the best comparison to him and best comp to him on planet Earth. It literally, you can't get a better comp than this, but we'll wait on that. So let me start off here. There are tons to talk about. LSU had a massive weekend uh, in recruiting. They got two high recruits. We will touch on that. LSU baseball dominated. I, I mean, look, we can talk about how Kay Beloso is absolutely just demolishing the baseball. It came into today hitting 750. Now, can he do that again? Can he come in and do a situation where he he just stays hot or or when he gets to SEC play, is he going to fizzle out? We'll wait and see. But Jerry Jones is going to have to find his way into that lineup. Jay's got a really, really, really good problem that he's got to deal with. But Jerry Jones has struggled a little bit at the plate, has a little too many strikeouts over the last couple of games. So you got a guy like Kay Beloso who comes in and does exactly what he needs to do. It's two home runs this weekend, absolutely dominating the ball. And a Kay Beloso, I talked about this two years ago religiously. Please go back and listen to anything we talked about two years ago. I told you if Kay Beloso starts taking the ball the other way, he is one of the more dangerous hitters in this lineup. Look what he did tonight. If he can continue to do that, he will be dangerous as he's hitting close or if not over 750 or 700, he's demolishing the baseball. Dylan Cruz with a massive weekend. Tommy White getting out a little bit of the slump as he's had a pair of home runs and some RBIs. Paxton Kling, you could tell that the game's slowing down for him a little bit as he uh, Friday night walked twice and got hit by pitches twice, then tonight hit his first collegiate home run, and then along with Brady Neal. So this team regardless, regardless, is doing some good things. Now, the biggest thing that I'll say on this baseball, and then we'll get deeper into the baseball talk as the show goes on. The one thing, though, that I will say is that this team did exactly what they needed to do this weekend, right? You're supposed to go out there and beat teams down that are not as good as you. What did Andrew Paul saw Martin say, like 63, 62 to 6? I mean, absolutely ridiculous how good, 62-6 to six over the weekend, how good they were. Paul Skeens looked great. I thought, I thought it was interesting that Ty Floyd uh, got the start on Saturday. We hadn't seen Riley Cooper in a little while. Nate Ackenhausen looking like an absolute stud yesterday, continuing to look good. Bottom line is, you did what you're supposed to. And I see a lot of people saying, Oh, well, you didn't play anybody. Well, that's true. Butler and Central Connecticut, let's call them what they are. They're they're not that good. They're they're just aren't. They it's no disrespect to their kids, their coaches, their administrators, their staff, their their medical staff, none none of that. I'm not trying to poo-poo on any of them. The bottom line though is is they're not that good. But when you face teams that aren't that good, aka South Florida playing uh, Florida a couple weeks ago in the midweek and taking them down. And then Ole Miss just this past week, a top five Ole Miss team should not have split with Louisiana Tech one-to-one this past week when you had a rain issue in the second game. They didn't tarp the field, and they they reverted the inning back, and they called the game even though Louisiana Tech hit a home run, and they should have won that game even though they're leading. Nevertheless, you did exactly what you're supposed to do. You continued, and I wrote this down, so let me get to it really quickly. Just as an example, 
you had 63 hits or 63 runs. Yeah, 63 runs. So it's not the 62, Andrew. That's my bad. So 63 runs, and I think you had well over, well over 60 to 70, close to 60 to 70 hits. This team did fantastic. They'll play again on Wednesday. When it, when you go and you got to take on Lamar, who's not a bad mid-major team, you did what you had to do. So I, I don't I, – I really do hate I, – I really do hate this whole scenario of – um, when you get in a situation where you're playing teams that you that you're just so much better and, and God better than that when you dominate teams you're like, oh well you didn't play nobody. Well, there are a lot of teams around the country like Florida's and Old Misses and all these other teams who don't play a team that's worth a shit. I mean guys, it's not oh five. If you're around kids and they're not sleeping and they hear me say shit, then oh well. But the bottom line is you did what everything you needed to do. So we'll talk a little bit more on baseball uh, in just a minute. But I do want to get to this because I think there has been um, – I don't want to call it the biggest LSU topic over the weekend because LSU women losing is a big topic. What you did in recruiting is a big topic. But let me just mention this very quickly. This whole Kayshawn Booty thing, okay, listen, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but sometimes I told you so isn't enough. Sometimes I told you so isn't enough. And he had a very, a very subpar combine. Some could make the argument that Kayshawn didn't even really work out for it. Guys, he had a, I don't really care about the 40 time. There are a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes that go out there receiver and run a four five and are good. Jordan Addison is still a really good player. He ran a four five, four five, five. I think dude's going to be a good player. There are a lot of dudes who don't necessarily test well in the 40. But the 467 that Kayshawn Booty ran, guys, is abysmal. And I can make the argument that his 4-5 flat and then 467 is kind of a, of a mirror image of his LSU career. Starts out somewhat promising. Maybe he can get a little bit better and be the best wide receiver. Maybe he can get into the 4-4s in this 40. But guys, a four six seven is absolutely abysmal. I think his official time was what a four five five. I mean, that's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, he's still good. But the biggest thing over the weekend was not that for me. So I talked to an assistant GM this this weekend, and me and my wife were going out, you know, uh, Saturday for our birthday, and you know, we had a lot of things going on, and so I'm just sitting there. We're watching the game. We're sitting down having dinner. We're watching the game. Whatever. And it was kind of, it was awesome. Great night. And after the combine was over and I'm just texting with an assistant GM when we're out to dinner and I said, listen, Kayshawn Booty should have just stayed at home. And that's really before everything that had transpired and gone on. He interviewed, he did not interview well. If you, if any of the media around here wants to challenge me on this, just ask anybody that you know in the NFL. And they will tell you that Kayshawn Booty 
had horrendous interviews this week. Horrendous. Awful. That's not even the more glaring thing to me because I think that you you know the kind of vibe that you get around Kayshawn. Guys, he had a 29-inch vert. He had a 29-inch vert. Somewhere in these accolades of trophies and rings that I have in this studio, I will find you the official, the official uh, uh, vertical that I had the last time I did it. Guys, it was 32. I, I, I'm a fat white dude who can't jump. I don't look bottom line is I'm not saying that I'm some super athlete or any, you know, I'm sure some of you had done verts before. I would assume that most of you did not, did not have a 29 guys. It's awful. Starts begging. The question is what was going on in that locker room during the season? Kayshawn Booty was pouting. He led the SEC in drop rate. He led your team in drops. He led the SEC in drops. And you want to tell him, and all season, <clears throat> all season long, the only thing I continued to, to hear, Blake, you got to find ways to get Kayshawn Booty the ball. Well, then you see him make a play like he did against Georgia. That's a Kayshawn Booty that when he gave a damn, when he actually gave a damn, what he can do. But guys, having a nine-foot, 10-inch broad drop and a 29-inch vert screams to me and, and GMs around the league that he just doesn't give a shit. And there are parts of me that says, is LSU better with addition by subtraction? Like him, love him, hate him, Kayshawn Booty did not have a good week. And I do, I really, really do wish the best for him. I really do, but there are things that he's got to fix, and majority of them are off the field and just being a dude. Guys, I, 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 there's no way, no way, and I told you this, when was December? So we're in March, so three months ago, no, even a little bit more than that, three and a half months ago, when he declared, when he Said he wasn't coming, you know, said he wasn't leaving, then he did then he did leave and just hoed his teammates out. Then I'm told by a coach on the LSU staff that all of his stuff was in his locker at LSU. And then when they go to Orlando, he goes to the in the locker room and gets all of his stuff, all of his belongings, and just pieces out when it's official. He signs with Drew Rosenhaus. Guys, he's got to get his hand on straight. He's got to get his head on straight. There's no way he's a first-round pick. Zero. I, I I shouldn't say zero because you have teams out there like the Cleveland Browns that have been notoriously bad at drafting. You've had multiple teams in the league that are horrible in drafting. I just can't foresee Kayshawn Booty going round one. So I hope that this is a wake-up call. A, a, a severe wake-up call for every player that's on LSU's roster. When you lace that, when you lace those cleats up, you got to get it everything you have, because the Kayshawn Booty that we saw in that play versus Georgia literally does not jump a twenty-nine inch vert. He he just doesn't. So. I don't know what the problem is now. He did have a really bad injury, a really bad injury. 
But, guys, we've seen players, we've seen dudes come back from worse than what he had. You know, like I was listening to a podcast today where a guy had a spinal cord injury, came back and played two weeks, had no business playing in two weeks. And, frankly, it even had that same type of injury almost happened and did happen to Seven Banks. Now, he didn't come back. But you have guys like Major Burns. you got a safety out there wearing a cowboy collar. Then he makes a mistake and runs down a dude against Alabama to, let's call it what it is, save you in that game. You got to care, man. You got to care. And we were talking about LSU baseball just a minute ago. We'll continue to talk about them later on in the show. But the bottom line is you see guys like Dylan Cruz, Tommy White, all these dudes, Christian Little for crying out loud, all these dudes that care that are Paul Skeens, that are top five picks, if not top three picks, that care more about team, care more about their stock, care more about not just the name on the back of their jersey, but the front of their jersey. And look what they're doing. Nobody, and I mean this with all due respect to every athlete that's on LSU's campus, no athlete on LSU's campus is bigger than Dylan Cruz. Guys, he's going to be a number one overall pick. Nobody. Maybe. Maybe Harold Perkins. Maybe. But there's no bigger superstar on LSU's campus more than Dylan Cruz. And that kid, all he does is go out there and work. Do you mean to tell me that Dylan Cruz, like I, I hear stories like, so I, I mean, I don't think that he will mind me saying this, but we had last year, we had Tyler McManus, LSU's catcher on. We had him on like four or five times. And me and Tyler McManus are going back and forth last year. And I was like, and so we're just like texting, whatever. And I was like, yeah, hey man, yeah, you can come on tomorrow. Let's do it. You know, we will have some fun, kick some things around. And he, and I, so it's like, well, what you dudes doing, man, on your day off? And he's telling me that Dylan Cruz is in the, is in the batting cage along with Jordan Thompson. And they've, they're drenched in sweat. Like they'd been there for two hours. Kayshawn needs to take a, a page out of that playbook. It's an awful weekend by Kayshawn. It's an awful weekend for what we saw. Now, there are dudes that at, from LSU that had really good weekends. That same assistant GM said that of all the, what is it, 200-plus players or guys or interviews that they have inside the combine, that the best LSU player in the interview room and maybe best drill work that they saw all week was Jeray Jenkins. And what do we see from Jeray Jenkins in his LSU career? He might be one of the most clutch players that we've seen over the last, at minimum, three seasons. And a guy that actually gives a damn. And that kind of stuff is what gets you drafted. Let's say, hypothetically, Jeray Jenkins is a sixth, seventh round pick. Based off of what Jeray Jenkins just did, he might go into the fifth. Racy McMath screams that right now. And Jeray Jenkins had more, tons more production at LSU than Racy McMath did. It's a bad weekend. And if I'm any coach on that staff right now, I am I am going to each one of those players and saying, guys, I know that I know that we beat down on you. I know that we beat down on you. 
and we yell at you, we scream at you, we call you Rudy Poos, we call you all these kinds of things all the time. But we do that to make you the best possible player that you can be. LSU came out with a video today of Harold Par L. Perkins squatting close to 450. 450. He's in there working his ass off. Everybody talked about Harold Perkins in this NIL thing, okay, when Harold Perkins was being recruited. Guys, he's not even going to pick up his checks. He doesn't give a shit about that. The only – you know what superstars, real superstars care about? Winning, dominating, being the best. That's what they care about. And I know I'm long-winded on this Kayshawn thing, but to wrap it all into this and to what the big picture is in all of this, I'm not saying sub uh, uh, addition by subtraction necessarily or, or the, the scenario here is a massive thing, but I think it's addition by subtraction. So when there's a quick slant, against Alabama on third and seven with seven and a half minutes to go in the third quarter, and LSU needs to go down and drive to stop the bleeding uh, and, and just really just try to get at least a minimum of field goal so you don't let Alabama in that game, and Kayshawn Booty Gator arms it and, and tucks because he doesn't want to be hit. There's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven more receivers on that roster that won't Gator arm that thing and say – Bring what you got and just try to take this ball out of my hands. You know, we take so many things for granted, right? The the things that we take for granted the most. So we're, we're talking about baseball 10, 20 minutes ago. Guys, that's what good teams and players are supposed to do. Tommy White comes up to bat and hits two oppo taco home runs. That's what good players do against inferior opponents. That's what they do. Dylan Cruz tonight on a 94-mile-an-hour fastball. It's not like this kid from Butler is just throwing up lollipops, an EFAS pitch coming out there. He's hitting a 94-mile-an-hour pitch dead center. At probably 105 plus miles per hour off the bat. Superstars give a damn. So when you're on your high horse, getting on Garrett Nussmeyer or getting on Jane Daniels and their drops are insane, it's not always their fault. It's just not. Guys, we are 600. Let's just talk about when we started doing video again, videos again and live streams. We are 651 episodes in. Do you know how many days I don't want to be in this thing? I'm tired. I'm worn out. You know, we got LSU spring practice on Thursday that we'll talk a lot about this week. LSU covering LSU baseball, women's basketball. Everybody has those scenarios. Two kids, a wife, newborn. But people that actually care. I, I do wonder if Kayshawn wants to play football. Someone's going to have to. He's going to have to convince me that he wants to play football. Because you're not a first round pick. You're not a wide receiver one in the NFL right now. Now, is that due to injury? What does that do to? I don't know. 
But regardless of what it's due to, he needs to figure it out. All right. Let's let's do this. Let me transition really quickly. We'll, we'll stay on the football. Then we'll talk Derek Carr, and then we'll round it out with all this baseball talk and some basketball talk, uh, too. But I'll get to a couple comments before we transition. Chris Baker says, spot on. Rob Boudreaux says, hard work outworks talent that doesn't care. I agree with that. Holden Lee says, I think he's a third-round pick, honestly. Well, with that, I mean, you can't you can't ignore that. Holden Lee says, Achilles takes out takes about two years to fully heal. He's definitely not 100%. He, he didn't have an Achilles. He didn't have an Achilles, Holden. He had a broken leg. He didn't have an Achilles. And, I, yeah, you're right. An Achilles is a horrible injury, but he didn't have one. I mean, guys, he missed practices. I mean, nobody can force him to go to rehab. We we literally had media members getting on. L- listen to this. We had media members getting on Brian Kelly's case about uh, about Kayshawn Booty not rehabbing. I'm going to be honest with you. Ask Tony Trombetta. I know I don't know where Tony Trombetta's at. Maybe I should look this up. Um, hold on. Tony Trombetta. Was our was our um oh he's not he's not in there anymore. But Tony Trombetta was Southeastern's um I don't see where he is anymore. He was our medical guy. He was our he he, he built me back up when I tore my ACL going into Southeastern, having to rebuild my knee. And he he never forced me to go into rehab. You guys, the stupid nature of fans sometimes, and especially media. Oh, Brian Kelly isn't getting Kayshawn Booty to go to rehab. The hell? You got to want that for yourself. You got to want that for yourself. Nobody should have forced him to go to rehab. What you got to be on Kayshawn for about going to rehab? Come on, man. Like, look, and and I know what every one of you in here, or not all of you, but some of you in here will do. You will come in here and, and put the, the Miles Brennan uh, uh, cape back on me and say that I hated Miles Brennan. I never hated Miles Brennan. Never. Still don't hate Miles Brennan. But when my eyes tell me something and the real world hits you in the face, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? I mean, guys, we we had media members freaking out on Brian Kelly because Kayshawn wouldn't get his happy ass to rehab. It's not Brian Kelly's responsibility. I've gone through three years of my life in rehab facilities. Not like drug rehab facilities, but you get what I mean. Nobody, the only person, the only person that I ever asked anything from a rehab was Tony Trombetta, my mom and my dad, because there were times where I couldn't drive myself to go into rehab. You want to know why he's jumping a 29-inch vertical? You want to know why he's got a 29-inch vertical? He's not fucking going to rehab. 
But my God, blame Jane Daniels for the drop pass. It was a bad throw. Bullshit. First round picks make first round plays against top 25 opponents. Name one he had last year. We talked about one of them in Georgia. Rob Boudreaux. Miles didn't work hard either. Hmm. Hmm. So, we got tons of other LSU stuff that we got to talk about. Tons. Tons of stuff. But yet, we got to come back into here and talk football during baseball season, which I don't really mind. No off seasons. Hashtag Josh Pate, my buddy. We could talk that all the time, right? We, but we have to divert. We have to divert on this guy. And, and again, you can label me whatever you want. You could say I'm a homer. You can say I don't know what I'm talking about. You can name so many things. Okay, sounds cute. Start your own podcast if you want to. I don't really, I, I, you know, like it is what it is. But when the truth hits you in the face, Nobody is your nobody is your adult when you hit that college door. You want it, you want your NIL, you want to be treated, you want business to happen. Well, you gotta treat business like business. I hope he gets his stuff turned around, man. I, I hope he gets his stuff turned around. Because a a, a focused Kayshawn Booty is one of the more dangerous wide receivers and players in the league. Call him what he is. Guys, what he did, what he did in that stretch at LSU was immaculate. Ole Miss breaking the record, uh, uh, UCLA. I, I mean, he did some amazing things. But you know what else he didn't do? What he Number one, what he didn't do, he didn't show that he can play in a 14-15 game full season and not get injured or not be an issue or a cancer to a team. And if you think if you think that I'm coming down hard on him, if you got a buddy that works in the in any NFL organization, any NFL organization, tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, do me a favor, text that person say, "Tell me about Kayshawn. They'll tell you exactly what we told you here tonight on this podcast. This radio show, wherever you're listening to it, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. All right. Uh, a couple more, then we'll get to these recruits. Anthony B. Saint says, Blake, it does go back to the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You know what's interesting about that? When we, me and Ben went fishing, my son Ben went fishing yesterday, I wanted to, I wanted to put the caption in something like, what's the old saying to uh, Anthony? Uh, you could give a man a fish and feed him for a day, but you could teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. It, it, it's the same thing, man. You, you can show him how to do stuff, but, you know, like I had Kelvin, McCl uh, Ke Kevin, uh, Kelvin McC uh, McCain in Franklinton, Louisiana, telling me that I got to run a mile to go to rehab and then run a mile back. And you know what? I didn't say shit. Let me tell you what I did. I got in 95-degree heat. What I would do is I would go and get a sweatshirt, put it on, headphones, old iPad, put it on my arm, run it, and run it back. 
because I wanted to be the best that I could. Now, I know that me and Kayshawn aren't the same athlete. He's a thousand times better of an athlete than I ever even remotely want, remotely could have been. But at some point, you got to have somebody in your corner giving you that drive and determination. All right. So let's transition here. <laughs> let's transition here. Um, if you missed it over the weekend, LSU. So last Monday, so a week ago today, I posted on our message board, AYSSnetwork.com. Subscribe to the forum. I, I, I wrote a pretty long article. We talked about this. But on Monday's show, we kind of got a pretty in-depth about recruiting and what Brian Kelly's philosophy has been. And if you missed that episode, I'll just recap it a little bit quickly here, and then we'll get into these recruits uh, as well. Guys, last season when Brian Kelly came in, if you remember, there was a really kind of big panic about how Louisiana guys were leaving. They're not coming here. You know, Derek Williams committed to Texas, all this kind of stuff. Well, if you remember correctly, right before spring football, there were some recruits that started to pop. Okay. Bro, I said iPad, iPod. Did I say iPad? I meant iPod. You know what you, you know, Daniel, you could probably put an iPad on your head, like right here on your forehead, probably be, still be small. Nevertheless, we talked about, <laughs> we talked about what I thought the process from Brian Kelly has been. He had it done at, he did it at Notre Dame. He did it at LSU his year one. And I think he's doing it here again. What Brian Kelly's philosophy and what we've seen over the last probably seven seasons or seven years in recruiting. He likes to have these big visits right before camp as camp starts on Thursday. And a lot of, he tries to lock down either the local area or state that he's in. Now, Indiana does not have a lot of football recruits where you could say locking down the state's a big thing, but he's trying to do that here. I will tell you that there's a young man in a mod bro and Collage Cobbins that I think are really good. First off, shout out to Jamar Kane for doing what he did. Guys, this is Jamar Kane recruits. I think Ahmad Bro, the three-star, which he won't be a three-star for long, he's going to climb and climb quickly, is one of the better pass rushers that Louisiana's had, and I would make the argument has had in a while. Now, I went the last two seasons, or last two, no, last two games I think he played, our last three games, I watched Rustin play football, okay? And he made Eli Holstein look bad. He did some really interesting things against Denham. The guy was virtually unblockable. And quite honestly, I asked Brett Beard, at uh, who's the head coach at Denham Springs. I go to the game. They were, you know, doing their new stadium and all that. I go to Brett and go, man, this Ahmad Bro kid is really good. And he goes, Blake, I think he's the best player on the uh, on the field right now. And so you're getting a, a three-star player athlete who's a defensive end, outside linebacker, whatever you want to call him, whatever his hybrid would be, who has shown to be really good. Really good. Now, how that all transpires into him being at LSU, I don't know. I think he's got to do some good, some really good things. Um some really good things in the running game this year. One thing, when I kind of talked to him at the end of a game, I said, look, man, you just got to get a little bit more physical in the run game. I, I would give you an offer right now. And I told him I really thought that he was going to get the LSU offer. He decommitted from Duke. He got that offer, and here we go. Now, 
the bigger picture to this, and I'll get to Collage Cobbins in just a minute. The bigger picture here is there's a lot more of Louisiana recruits and guys that I think are going to start falling with over the next four to five months. I think some of them start falling in spring. I think when you have this long layoff until football starts and September, that you'll get some of these guys in July, maybe even some of them like we saw last year with Shelton Sampson and Jalen Brown. And all of these dudes, before the season, they will make announcements that they're going to LSU. It's how Brian Kelly operates, man. And I will tell you, it was a who's who of dudes that were there. I will give you the full and complete list of guys that I think you need to keep your, your eyes out for. I think Mason Lunsford's a guy to the transfer from Maryland to keep your eyes out for. There are a lot of high school guys that you need to keep your eyes out for that LSU is going to be pushing for and getting to commit. Guys, LSU is going to get another top five, top four class again. And I think that you could be in a very unique scenario and situation where now that you got a guy like Collage Cobbins, who's in the boat, who in a really, really good player, who is long, lanky, and I will be, let's call it what it is, sometimes LSU would pass on. 6'4", 210, 215 pounds. LSU passed on a guy just like him, same height, same weight, and I even got this ran down and sourced even to the same GPA and a guy from Amy, Louisiana, and Tyra Sweet who dominated in the SEC and is kind of probably be a third or fourth round pick. I will tell you, I want as many third and fourth round picks in the league as I can get. If you fill your team with 103 and four, three and four round goods, you're going to be elite. Now, you need your first round dudes, don't get me wrong. I think Collage Commons is one of those athletes out of Destrahan, Louisiana, who can just be freakishly good at what he does. Seen him play in person a couple times. The dude is just a freak of nature. Like, athletically, in my opinion, some guys are just gifted from Jesus Christ himself. You're not supposed to be that big. You're not supposed to be that athletic. You're not supposed to run that fast. You're not supposed to jump that high. And by the way, he's 17. He's a freakishly good athlete. I saw him catching balls out of the midair one hand. And guys, we're talking about a pass rushing outside linebacker. Now, I will tell you also, too, everybody, everybody worried. Everybody worried about LSU hiring their new special teams guy and it being John Jancic. Huh. Looks like John knows what the hell he's doing in recruiting. Now, Jamar Kane deserves all the credit here. You got two dudes from the state of Louisiana that can really play. Really play. So, shout out to J Jamar Kane. Shout out to him. Because what he's been able to do inside Louisiana and not even really knowing the state. Guys, you, you got to remember, some of these coaches that come in here don't even know your state that well. He those coaches rely on recruiting guys, rely on head coaches. Not really rely on recruiting guys, but you get what I mean. I mean, like, not like uh, message board dudes. I'm talking about like recruiting guys, like n maybe some a little national. Hey, do you know what do you know about this kid? You know about stuff like that, but not like m message board dudes. They talk to head coaches. 
and you got two and, and you got two dudes that can play. And guys, let's call it what it is. You win the games up front. Now, you lost to Georgia a year ago, 50 to 30. Why? You lose to them because you got physically dominated in the trenches. You had some special teams woes. Can you start getting closer to getting even remotely closer to being on Georgia's level and what they're doing defensively up front? I think Jamar Kane has shown that he's getting you there with guys like Deshaun Womack and others. You know, we, we talk about Makai Wingo as an example where nobody really knew who he was. Oh, Blake, he really didn't play that much. He was kind of a bust. Everybody. I, I, I remember this like it was yesterday because damn near it feels like it was yesterday that Makai Wingo won't even play. Well, Mason Smith goes down and then what? Makai Wingo is your best interior defensive lineman. Not five-star Jaqueline Roy. Okay. Not Jacoby and Guillory right now. Makai Wingo has been your best interior defensive player. And I think I can make the argument, even in 2019, has been your best interior defensive lineman consistently. Not talking about Tyler Shelvin, Bull Rush, making a good play here and there. Consistently. Snap in and snap out. 777 of those suckers. Play in and play out your best defensive lineman. You got to get more guys that you can rotate in there that can play. They're doing that. Really two massive gets. You're the number, your top two ranked class right now. You still got guys that you're going after. Colin Simmons is a kid out of Texas that I think that Jamar Cain is going to get. Okay? He's been on him for a while. We've talked about him for a while now. When you start getting some of these dudes, Womack, Simmons, Bro, Cobbins, And by the way, if you're a mod bro, how can you have a name spelled B-R-E-A-U-X and not come to LSU? It should be a sin. An outright sin, I tell you. Mm. Mm. All right, we got some more. Uh, let's get to some comments before we get to our next topics. Charlie Vietor says, is Simmons the five-star? Simmons is the five-star out of Texas. He's the five-star out of Texas. Dalton Matthews says, LSU is the closest thing to Georgia as far as a defensive front, in my opinion. Hmm. I'm going to disagree with you there, Dalton. Um, God, I'm going to get ripped alive. Do I have to say a team if I disagree? He said, I'm a super fan of that Georgia show. Um, thank, first off, thank you, Dalton, for that. Um, Dalton, let me, you know what? Dalton said that. So let me, let me throw this, let me throw this out to him. And Dalton, in the comments, what did you think of Jamar Kane? Let me, let me throw this out to Dalton's thing. I know I'm about to get ripped alive. Oh, God. Guys, I think Texas AM's defensive line is insane. I think it's insane. There, I said it. If they had an offensive pulse, that team would be so freaking good, man. So freaking good. Rob Boudreaux says, if you're down 10 runs in the seventh, 
You're not coming back. Yeah, you're not coming back. James Wade says, bro, ended Eli Holstein's high school career. That he did. Literally. Literally. And figuratively. Uh, Charlie Vitor says LSU is closing the gap. I agree that they're closing the gap. I 1,000% I agree. But I think that that D-line at Texas A&M is something. Now, look. Offensively, they suck. <laughs> they suck. I, I mean, let me let me let me just tell you this. I, I there are so many things that we can say about Jimbo and that offense. Like their wide their wide receivers sometimes are subpar. Their offensive line, all five of them look like they're in a Harry Potter book with an invisibility cloak, and they can't block a damn soul. They're they're just not great offensively. Defensively, guys, they're the best pass defense in the SEC last year. You say, well, Blake, what about Denver Harris? Well, with all due respect to Denver Harris, and I think he's a great player, they're in the meat of their schedule. They got better from a pass defense perspective uh, without Denver Harris than having Denver Harris in the game from a numbers perspective. How about that? How about those stats? How about those stats? Best defensive pass rush literally from a pressure standpoint. And those guys are young. So we'll see. But offensively, offensively, they can't bust a great sometimes to save their lives. Speaking of busting a grape, you know who's going to be able to bust a couple of grapes and make it into wine is Derek Carr. So if you missed it today, Derek Carr uh, officially is signing with the New Orleans Saints. So here we go. Y'all want to y'all want to talk about Carr for just a minute before we get for, finished with some baseball and women's basketball. And give me your thoughts on LSU baseball this weekend. What are your thoughts? Put them inside the chat. What are your thoughts of LSU baseball this weekend? We'll get to as many of them as we can. Fire in your thoughts inside the Rudy Crew chat uh, and we'll get to them. You know what we should do? Let me just talk about my good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Let me reset. Let me take a 45-second break. We'll return. Let's talk about LSU baseball. You put your comments inside the chat. We'll get to Derek Carr and women's basketball to close it out. Let's talk about the Drake Williams Law Firm next. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. All right, everybody do me a favor. Stop what you're doing right now. Stop what you're doing. Hit the like and share. Uh, I know we were just talking about um, Collage Cobbins and um, Ahmad Bro. Listen to this really quick. Here's the five-star All-State team defensively. Y'all ready for this? Dylan Carpenter, LSU. Christian Davis, I thought he was good. Maybe he should have gotten a look. 
but Ahmad Bro, LSU, Collage Cobbins, LSU, Deshaun McBride from Denham. I really, really hope that that kid gets that young man gets a offer from LSU. I think he'll do some good things. Ashton Stamps, flex player, Rummel, LSU. The defensive MVP of five District Five or Five A, Collage Cobbins, linebacker out of Destrahan. So you're really doing some good things um, in recruiting, especially in state. Those guys deserve to be here uh, at LSU. All right, so let's talk about Derek Carr very quickly. So in case you missed it, I don't know how you would if you're a sports fan, but nevertheless, Derek Carr has signed to be the next quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. Now, I'm not going to go into the history of Derek Carr's career, but if you missed it, during the season, the last two games of the season, Derek Carr got benched after going 305 for 502 for three hundred or for 3,522 yards, 24 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Over the last 48 games, so the last three seasons that Derek Carr has played, he's, gone a th- he's had 1,081 completions for 1,645 attempts. That's a 65.7% completion percentage. Now, that's pretty damn good. Okay, like, that's really damn good. Uh, he had a total of 12,429 yards. That's an average of just over 4,000 at 4,143. This past season really hurts him with that because he only had 3,500. But nevertheless, he had 75 touchdowns and 37 interceptions. A lot of people today when they saw the news and the debate of Derek Carr came up, said, oh, well, Blake, he never had a top 20 defense. He never had a legit defense. You're right, he didn't. The interception to TD ratio for Derek Carr with the New Orleans Saints has got to get better. Guys, if you want to win anything of purpose, you want to win anything of relevancy, that's got to get better. Now, you're in a weaker division. The Tampa doesn't know what they're doing at quarterback. The Panthers don't know what they're doing at quarterback. The Falcons don't know what they're doing at quarterback. You know, you got Devin White, former LSU linebacker out here, saying a lot of things about how four years has flown by so fast and that, quite honestly, it seems like even Devin White might be moving on from Tampa. You might win the division. And I want to preface this by saying I don't mind Derek Carr. I actually kind of like Derek Carr. I like the way how he's a leader. Guys really like him in that locker room. What he did in the transition from Oakland to Las Vegas. He was really good, a team leader. Did a lot of good things. And really in a franchise that's been in disarray for a long time. The Raiders have not been good. But there are a couple things that I do want to point out here. F- averaging around 14 interceptions in the last, or obviously uh, having two, 14 interceptions uh, per season in the last few years, having 28 interceptions is not good enough, especially when you're not going over that 30 passing touchdown mark. And it's not like it's gotten better. And 2020 during COVID was probably one of his better years where he had 4,100 yards passing. He had 27 touchdowns and nine interceptions. He had three rushing touchdowns, which got him to the 30 touchdown mark. But I'm talking, I was talking about passing touchdowns there. 
I mean, 2021, the Gruden year, the last Gruden year, even though Gruden got fired midway through, he had a really good year. He threw the ball 626 times, which is comparable to guys like Jace, uh, like Josh Allen. Like Josh Allen in that same year had 646 attempts. Derek Carr threw for 4,804 yards. Josh Allen threw for 4,407 yards. The difference is, is Derek Carr in that year had 23 passing touchdowns when Josh Allen had 36. Okay. In a three-year span, even though their passing attempts and completions and percentage is, and even interceptions are a lot more identical, Josh Allen literally had plus 10 touchdowns, plus 13 touchdowns, plus 11 touchdowns, and a cumulative, and a cumulative of 34 more passing touchdowns in three seasons than Derek Carr did. So Derek's going to have to work on getting more touchdowns and being better in the red zone. He's not been great there. But you know what? You know what? Even though I do like Carr, I do think it's a good move. I I, I don't mind the move. I don't think that you can go out and get a, a really, really, really transcendent quarterback at where the Saints sit. I don't think that you can do that right now. Okay? Just where you sit. Maybe you have to draft a rookie. Maybe you take Hendon Hooker in the second round. I don't know what they're going to do there. But there is one quarterback in the league, one quarterback that Derek Carr is damn near identical to. So the argument that I kept getting hit with all day long when Derek Carr said he was coming to the Saints, well, Blake, he had more interceptions because they were playing from behind and his defenses weren't that good. And yada, 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 yada. There was excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. Here's not an excuse. You know who had really bad defenses? I'm talking about in 2022, this guy's team, this quarterback's team had the 31st worst defense or 31st rated defense in the NFL. In 2021, his defense was 24th. In 2020, his defense was 29th. Guys, the numbers that Kirk Cousins has, Kirk Cousins has, is really comparable to Derek Carr. You got more of a quarterback that's more of a Kirk Cousins than anything else. Kirk Cousins had the 31st 31st-ranked defense last season. Guys, the Vikings defense was abysmal. Abysmal. They were horrific. He still had a 65, 66% completion percentage, 4,547 passing yards, 29, t- 29 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. Does that sound familiar? You know who that sounds like? Derek Carr. But Derek Carr didn't have the, 34, the 31st defense in the NFL. Then in 2021, his defense was the best it's ever been in Minnesota. It was 24th over the last three seasons, I mean. He had a 66% completion percentage, 4,200 yards passing, 33 TDs, and seven picks. The only difference is Kirk Cousins is having more success throwing the football than Derek Carr did. They're more productive. 2020, he had the 29th rated defense, meaning Kirk Cousins, 4,200 yards, 35 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Guys, quite honestly, the comparison... Between the quarterbacks, 
you got a Kirk Cousins. And I'm going to be honest. I'm okay with that. There are a couple things that I don't agree with with some people. You know, everybody's complaining about the money. The money's not the issue. He's a middle-tier quarterback, and it's getting middle-tier money. He, got, he, he gave you a team-friendly deal. What do you want to do? Do you want the Saints to implode? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I don't know. But I do have my reservations on Derek Carr. I don't think Derek Carr's got a better, a better wide receiver than Devontae Adams in New Orleans. You think Michael Thomas is going to come back? You think Chris Olave is going to be that dude? Then you got Alvin Kamara, who's probably going to be suspended. Who's going to be your running back? Trevor Penning, you drafted as your premier left tackle. What's he going to do? Is he going to stay healthy for once? Had issues in college being hurt. Had issues last season being hurt. Couldn't sometimes couldn't block any couldn't block somebody on Facebook. He was so bad. Yeah, I mean, the dude was so bad at times, he couldn't even block his he couldn't even block his biggest enemies on Facebook. But the comparison by the numbers from Kirk Cousins to Derek Carr is unreal. And everybody wanted to talk to me about. Oh, well, Blake, the defense is bad. That made Derek Carr bad. Are you, are, are you insane? Are you insane? The, the Raiders' defense being bad has nothing to do with him th- for him forcing balls that he has no business throwing and causing himself to have turnovers. None. None. The same things that you say about Kirk Cousins, you could equally say about Derek Carr. But I'm okay with Kirk Cousins. You've got a middle-tier dude. Now, can Derek Carr lead you to a playoff? Yeah, he can help you win a division. But you know what he's not going to do? He's not going to win you a Super Bowl. But are you expecting the Saints to do that with Dennis Allen? And here's the biggest thing. The Saints do not have the weapons right now that the Raiders did offensively a year ago. They just don't. They just don't. Josh Jacobs leading the league in rushing. Devonta Adams is a top three wide receiver in the league. Darren Waller might be the most physically gifted tight end outside of Travis Kelsey. Offensive line did have some issues, but let's not act like he has not had Pro Bowl offensive linemen in his career. Derek Carr's had it. But spare me the defensive takes and comparisons when Kirk Cousins is doing what he's doing offensively with damn near the worst defense in the league. Guys, they were abysmal. But sometimes the numbers do lie to you, but in this scenario, they don't. Can they? Can the Saints win a division? Sure. Can they maybe even win a playoff game? Also, cool. But before you say anything, I think you need to go look at Andy Dalton's stats and see what you think. Oh, oh, oh. And by the way, by the way, Pete Carmichael is still the offensive coordinator in New Orleans. I can say all the live long day how I like Carr. I can say that there are reserves and, and issues that I have with him. But the bottom line is if Pete Carmichael is really calling the plays, Derek Carr doesn't stand a chance 
Because if you think that Pete Carmichael is a better offensive coordinator than Josh McDaniels, when Josh McDaniels literally has been an offensive coordinator for Super Bowl teams, and it's, and really had the 12th best offense literally in the NFL season ago when Pete Carmichael couldn't find his way out of a paper bag out of Sean Payton's lasting shadow, then I don't know what to tell you. If Sean Payton thought Pete Carmichael was such a damn good offensive coordinator, why isn't he there? Why isn't he there? I, I, I just don't know what to tell you. No, Dalton's gone, Sergeant. Dalton's gone. What I mean is, is look at the numbers comparison. Uh, Stub Dub says, what's the trade clause for Carr? He has a no trade clause. But I I, I don't want to poo-poo on it. Like, I don't want to poo-poo on Derek Carr. I still think he's a good quarterback. I still think he will be a good quarterback. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to poo-poo on him. But to say that, oh, well, Blake, his defenses were bad when Kirk Cousins is throwing for literally 10-plus more touchdowns a season than him and has worse defenses, don't tell me it can't be done. And he had Mike Zimmer as his head coach uh, for most of it, a defensive-minded guy. A defensive-minded guy. And it wasn't even his best season. Hold on. It wasn't even his best season. That's not the one I'm looking for. Where's the Where's the one I'm looking for? Shit, I, I, I lost it. I feel like, um, what's his name from the movie Hook? I lost my marbles. Shit, I don't know where the thing went. Oh, well. But go look up Kirk Cousins' stats. Brian Perry says, we still have the whole draft to build around Carr. Brian, that's true. Again, he, it, let, me just, let me just tell you this. Let me just tell you this. If you think the Saints in this offseason with the cap hell that they are in, which they get themselves out of, is going to be able to put around him guys like Darren Waller, Renfro, Morrow, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, and others, and Hollins, by the way, who had a really good season, the wide receiver for them, you're wrong. The best wide receivers that you know are coming to play this season for the Saints are Chris Olave and uh, Shahid. He doesn't. And by the way, your all-pro potential Hall of Fame running back is more than likely getting suspended, even though he's pleading guilty. We ain't even talked about Alvin Kamara on this show yet. Today, Derek Carr does not have better weapons around him at the Saints than he did at the Raiders. And this whole defensive argument that so many of you are making, you're wrong. Kirk Cousins says, yippee! All right. Zeus Lambert says, Carr won't grow under Carmichael. I agree with that. And the look, let me just tell you this. If Eric Bieniemy was walking through that door, right? If Eric Bieniemy was walking through that door, here it is. Hold on.
I mean, guys, Kirk Cousins, 35 touchdowns, 33 touchdowns, 31 touchdowns. And he's got seasons of 14 interceptions, 7 interceptions, 13 interceptions. The only difference between him and Carr is he's throwing more touchdown passes. And you're going to tell me Devonta Adams isn't a good wide receiver? And, and, and your boy Cousins got Jets. You don't have a Jets on your team right now. You don't have a Devonta Adams. Chris Olave might be a really good player. He might be a really good player. He's not a top five receiver in the league good. You don't have a tight end that's worth a good shit. They don't ha- the Saints don't have offensive weapons. Offensive line has struggled. When you got Rock Thought Thotty Martin playing left guard, you fucking suck. Jesus Christ. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm a broken record here with the Saints. Most Saints talk we've had in a fucking decade. But what you going to do if Alvin Kamara's got a six-game suspension and can't play? It's not you, The backup they going to get, unless they draft a really good running back in the draft, Ain't going to be no fucking Josh Jacobs. Jeff says, well, Thomas is excited. Thomas gets excited when someone changes his bed sheets. Okay? The dude's all over the place. He was excited when Jameis Winston came in here and look how that happened. Jameis sucked too. Sucked more than a newborn on its, on its mama's teat. That's how much he sucked. Yes, I'm pissed off. Work myself into just absolutely getting pissed off, mainly due to you got glasses wearing, plain corn having, can't call a good at offense, has to use Madden assist to call plays on Madden. Pete Carmichael. Pete Carmichael might be one of the worst offensive coordinators in the league. Don't mean shit when Pete Carmichael's the offensive coordinator. If they do, if they have success offensively with the Saints next year, it's because Derek Carr led them there. Has nothing to do with Carmichael. And what kind of a name is Carmichael anyway? When the hell is he still doing in New Orleans? Does he run a brothel in downtown Bourbon? You know, like, what's going on there? Is he a secret pimp and he's got a stable worth of whores that he's got to just maintain and manage? LSU women's basketball got beat by Tennessee. Um, Look. Is what it is. They're above schedule. You know, they're they're above schedule. That's all you can say. <laughs> Stephen Fry, a good friend over from Fry Construction, says three dead face emojis. It's true though. Like, what is Pete what's Pete Carmichael even doing? Hey, like, I mean, does he have a stable of whores? You know, does it is his nickname Gator? 
Gator needs his gat, you punk ass bitch. Like, is he Will Ferrell from the other guys? You know, like, what's going on here? You know, is he trying to do his best Vin Diesel impression? It's about family. You know, like, what's he doing? You know, like, when the Saints are all on offense, you can't even go to your kitchen and make a ham sandwich before your offense is in a three-and-out scenario. He's throwing the ball on third down to Mark Ingram against the Bucks. And everybody's like, oh, if Mark could have just got the first down, shut the fuck up. That ain't, you didn't lose that game because of Mark Ingram. You lost that game because you got a fucking sorry-ass play caller, and you literally, you literally, the dude got hurt. There's a whole other 59 minutes and 50 seconds that you could have won that game. Not Mark Ingram, who got hurt and probably never going to play another down of football in his life. You got bald-headed scallywags on radio saying, if only Mark Ingram. Well, bullshit. If only you fired Pete Carmichael. Want to know why the Saints... And we, why we don't talk about him? Because everybody in the everybody, everybody, I'm listening to Colin Cowherd on the way home, which I think I I don't agree with you know a lot of you about Cowherd. I like Cowherd. He's like, oh, Mickey Loomis is a good GM. The fuck he is. The fuck he is. The reason Mickey looked so good was because Sean was the president of the Saints, and he had a lot of draft capital, and he could tell him the team and who to and where and why to draft. Jeff Ireland's a great scout, no doubt. But look what's happened when Mickey Loomis and this guy and this team drafting without him. Guys, are we going to take another fucking defensive end? How many defensive ends can we take? We are we gonna are we gonna uh, draft a dude from Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba? All right. LSU women's basketball lost to Tennessee. Horrible game. They got out physical. They got out coached. I thought Kim. I, I really just guys. I'm gonna be honest. I think Kim got out coached. The first time maybe in her LSU career, she had an off night. I felt like. She just couldn't rally her team. And God, don't get me started on Matt McMahon. Oh, and by the way, by the way, I hear a lot of people complaining about LSU basketball right now, men's basketball. Oh, they're not investing. They're not putting this in. They're not putting that in. It's hard to go to a booster and say, please give me NIL money to LSU men's basketball when you have no idea what sanctions are about to come down. For so many years, we heard Will Wade wasn't getting popped and getting fired. He got popped, he got fired. And I hear so many of you saying that they don't have evidence. Guys, they have the FBI who got a freaking subpoena to get his personal banking statements and personal banking information and literally has a, a documents from a subpoena 
of him paying hush money, shut the fuck up and don't and quit telling me that they didn't they don't have evidence on him. If the NCAA decides not to do anything to Will Wade and LSU, fan freaking tastic. But for you to sit here and tell me that he hasn't paid people for hush money and he hadn't paid for recruits and he did it out of his own pocket and he was sloppy and he was arrogant as shit. Kim and them got beat. I thought that she just had an off night and the girls had an off night. In a way, I'm kind of glad that this young team got beat in a, in a sense, you know, because now you can respond. You can take a load off. You, you don't have the pressure. Reload. Get a couple games under your belt. Let's go win some games in the tourney, man. That's all I want. Let's go win some games in the tourney. Let's go do it. Got beat by a good Tennessee team. It is what it is. It is what it is. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Carter the Power Brian will be joining us. We'll have a lot of fun in there as well. We'll talk a lot of football. Until then, knuckleheads, we'll see y'all soon. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.